Lunchtime Live on News Talk. Thanks to Video Doc. See a GP online anytime for prescriptions and sick notes. Download the Video Doc app. Videodoc.ie. This is Kira, and this is a Lunchtime Live podcast from News Talk. If you like what you hear, don't forget that you can subscribe via the app or on iTunes and make sure to check us out at newstalk.com forward slash lunchtime live. Thanks for listening. The BBC News at 10 is to be shortened by 10 minutes in a bid to attract younger viewers to the station. The plan is that they're going to trim the nightly news to make way for youth comedy programming that used to be originally on BBC Three. This comes three years after the news bulletin on BBC One was extended to provide more analysis and explanation. The idea being that people needed that kind of, uh, I suppose, in-depth understanding of news. And is this just the evolution of how news is now consumed in the modern world? Is it that that uh, there wasn't an appetite for that and people prefer to look at comedy stories called things like Fleabag? Um, is this just, you know, not dumbing down, but evolution or demographics? What do you think? To discuss all of this, I'm joined now by Richie Oakley, the editor of the Times Ireland edition. Richie, you're very welcome. Thank you. What yeah. do you make of this? Um, yeah, I mean, in general, when you see things like like reductions in the length of, of a quality news program, you get a bit uh, concerned. But um, I mean, sometimes when when you when you when you have to do things in a shorter way, you end up increasing the quality and sustaining it for for a period. And um, there's always a bit of uh, slack in a TV program that can come out. In general, it's kind of um, worrying. But I think it's part of a, of a wider debate of what people want from from news channels and, and where they want to go and get it. I mean, in terms of the BBC, like they still produce a massive amount of high quality programming. I mean, BBC Radio 4, for example, you just listen to that for five minutes and you come out the other side of it far more intelligent. Um, or do we just think that? I, I, you know, because I put it to you that we've always been brought up to think, first of all, that, that England is full of bright and, and yeah. authoritative types with, with plummy accents and the Beeb was, you know, anti. Yeah. And now you look at it and you go, it's a shambles. <laughs> Their parliament is a shambles. And the BBC has not produced particularly objective news analysis of things like Brexit in a long while. Well, I think the BBC, like, they, they have a lot of investment. They have a lot of people on the ground in, in um, where they're struggling, I suppose, is in local journalism in, in the UK. And then overall, the criticism of them is, is that they're doing a lot of uh, entertainment style clickbait journalism that you would have to question whether or not uh, public service broadcasting should include that role so things like uh, you know I, I'm obviously a vested interest here because I work for newspapers but stuff that the, the tabloids in the UK did really well and have been doing really well online is now being done by the BBC and you could, there's a kind of a, a repetition there also they, they've gone into huge amounts like it's almost like you know, every single recipe under the sun is on the BBC website, every single lifestyle. And you've got to ask, you know, should they be better off focusing th- their thing on, on quality programming making? Well, there has been a report recently the, that this suggests Cairngos that, report, yeah, yeah. That, that, that their content has gone too soft. Yeah, so th- that, that report is interesting. And look, the, the newspaper industry and written word industry, like we're under huge uh, challenges uh, and, and we have, but at the same time, we can't be feeling sorry for ourselves. We've got to work out what people want and we, we've got to d- d- deliver it to them. The emphasis for some of us is is on trying to do more quality journalism, more analysis, more in-depth journalism, looking at what's available online and going, right, well, we're not going to do that um, and, and, and trying to get people to pay for that. But the, the thing about it is, is, is a lot of people say media has dumbed down. 
what it is, I think, is is there's so much now um, that there you get a lot of dumbed down stuff, but you also still get the high quality stuff. It's just harder to find it in among in among all the other noise that's out there. So people get a sense that there's a drop in quality when in fact it might be just an increase in quantity of all kinds of journalism. That's that's the issue. I suppose the difficulty is though if you can't tell the wood from the trees or if you can't pick out the quality or important items from the clickbait or the, as you say, the recipes for lamb tagine or whatever the yeah. current whatever is. Yeah, and there's a question for people as well of um, will you miss quality journalism if it's gone and will you then regret the fact that you weren't paying for it when you had an, o- an opportunity to? But here's to. the thing, and I totally, and, I, and I, I know many people who work in, in print and I, I'm a columnist myself and I know the constant battle that the print media is up against, particularly up against the digital media as are, as are we, as, yeah. as a broadcast media. We're under different sort of guidelines and different restrictions really. The digital is a bit looser about what it can do. But if you even park us as commercial because you're selling a newspaper and we're you know hoping that advertisers will pay for things here so we're we're in a slightly different mix the bbc has a license fee and it is a license fee that is you know comes from millions of homes i mean there's 68 million people live in the uk obviously don't all pay a tv license but there's still millions of license fees accruing to the bbc so they they aren't subject to the kind of commercial challenges that the rest of us are so what is the logic for them i mean to me I think I see the writing on the wall this way about where we're going with media is is that young people don't they barely watch television that it's gone they watch YouTube that they stream things they want to see things they consume in nuggets yeah. only what they want and they disregard the rest and that's fine what we want from big terrestrial public service broadcasters is objective news and maybe quality current affairs or sports those types of things because they can't be gotten on Netflix to the same extent that that everything else is so why are the BBC going this road when their remit is to provide analysis and understanding for the population about the issues of the day and instead they're changing their thing called their, it's been the news has been replaced with a show called Eating with my ex, which is a dating show about <laughs> eating with your ex, yeah. uh, and a makeup competition show called Glow Up, and and uh, a comedy called Fleabag. It's it's not very edifying. Yeah, I suppose uh, one of the, the the other remits of public broadcast is is to make high quality entertainment shows as well. Um, and the BBC, I suppose, the BBC do an element of that. We we see RTE doing doing the same thing here. Um, I, I don't I, I don't think we can say that they're cutting 10 minutes from their news programme is an overall example of massive dumbing down across the news in the BBC. Where the, 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 the Cairngross report, this new report that's out today, talks about their need to invest in, in local in, in local journalism. That's where there's a, there's a huge gap at the moment. And we I see that in Ireland as a newspaper editor. Um, like we have some freelance journalists who cover courts and say in, in, in Clare and, and, and in other areas. And you kind of, I'm always saying that it makes Clare look terrible because, you know, there's mad court cases has gone on down there and if we had journalists doing this in other counties we'd see that there's equally mad stuff happening in these other counties but because I'm I'm from Limerick kind of Clare border area the guys at work just tell me no Clare's a mad place but um, I, I are you just dissing Clare because you're from Limerick? Is <laughs> no, that what no, just I'm, happened I'm from, there, Richie? I'm from right on the border, Arden across it's in it's actually in Clare, but I often say Limerick. But I I, I think we we need to look at the whole the, the, this Cairn Goss report is really interesting. It it basically says uh, the bigger threat to journalism is Facebook and Google and the online sites, and it calls for regulation of those. Now it's very easy to say you should regulate big big social media companies, but as someone who works in in kind of 
in, in a different type of media um, that's key like we're, we're just looking for a level playing field in terms of being able to get people like they're taking our content content and using it on their platforms um, and there's very little they also put out back. as we've seen massive amounts of misinformation yeah. too that, that grows viral yeah legs. and they've been very slow to, to act on that um, and also then they, they take the huge amount of, of ad revenue um, and often people say I get all my news off Facebook and people when I hear that it drives me crazy because you say to people you, F- Facebook aren't producing that news where do you think it, it is coming from and the the, the, the kind of um, there's a, a thing for, for media like ourselves is we, we could become luxury products we could go right you know at the moment we're trying to appeal to a lot of people and we're charging a small amount of money for that but we could actually turn around and say right well maybe we should just produce news for a small amount of people and charge a hell of a lot of money for that and that's the danger but that you'll end up with these people who are, who are paying huge amounts of money to newspapers that basically write products just just for them Yeah I, I would have considerable concern about that My guest is Richie Oakley editor of the Times Ireland edition 53106 is the text line We're talking about the BBC changing its schedule and asking are we dumbing down in general in the media I'd love to know what you think someone says surely we should be offering people less dumbed down content especially from a licensed fee station I think that's exactly right someone says the BBC need to attract younger viewers and so it makes sense they need to change their content but I'm surprised that it's the expense of the news not the East Enders double takes uh, someone says BBC have a 24 hour news channel RTE have similar is that not the reason it might be but that's a sort of a, a silo I suppose that people don't maybe consume without a particular interest in it and someone says old media has always criticised the quality of new news media. In the 1930s there was much criticism by newspapers of radio after the panic caused by the HG Wells play The War of the Worlds. Should we have banned radio? I don't think anyone is suggesting that we ban digital and I don't think we're suggesting anything else but if we, if, if the BBC is not old media I don't know what is and they're the ones who have just changed their schedule. James says and I think he's it's a very good point he says BBC is chasing ratings which is strange since they don't depend on advertising revenue but I do think there's no harm in cutting the news if it means they have a sharper focus. I don't agree that the BBC is particularly better than other uh, media organisations though. Um, is there something in this in that um this idea that we need top analysis and, 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 and in-depth news and all of those things. And you said maybe we would you would narrow your focus to uh, people who would pay more, but you'd be aiming at different people. Is that not a very dangerous road to go in that news and analysis then become the privilege of the elite? And isn't that the problem we have when you look to countries like America that have, have you know, all the studies would show that fake news gains legs there very easily and that people believe misinformation and when you you know when you quiz them on on, on anything from you know anti-vax stuff to stuff about Donald Trump they've believed a line that is blatantly untrue and we and you know can be verified by by fact checking yeah. that they believe the untruth rather than the truth and you know I think there is that thing about the lie spreading a million times easier that you know is it that we 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 because my fear about what you, what you've said and I know you're you know you represent a commercial organisation and I totally get the concerns of that, but if we make news and understanding news the the premise of only the educated upper middle class wealthy types, what you're doing is you're really leading the population in a direction that is dangerous for them because if the population don't understand 
what's going on, then you are left with a very easily manipulated population. And this is dangerous for democracy. Yeah. So, I mean, there is things that, that, that we, we, we could look at. I mean, if it's a, like newspapers aren't perfect, we get loads of stuff wrong. But in general, we provide a public interest service. Um, and I think what's great about now is, is when we do get things wrong, there's, there's checks on us, far more checks than there were before in terms of immediately you have someone coming on to social media and telling you how you got things wrong. We need, we need to learn, we need to take that criticism on board. So you could look at areas, for example, um, tax reliefs. So if people subscribe to an online newspaper uh, consider, you know, of a certain quality, they could get tax reliefs on their subscriptions. Uh, newspapers themselves have looked for assistance. There's a grey area here. You don't want newspapers be given hand handouts um, to, to any great extent. But you also don't want newspapers relying on advertising too much because big advert- big, advert- big advertising companies can then put pressure on newspapers. So well, you have you, a Fox News scenario. Yeah, so you need us to stay I- independent. We need to stand on our own two feet and be able to say to people, you know, be able to get rid of advertisers if, if you know, if, if they're putting too much pressure on us and, and opt for different ones. So newspapers have looked for, for tax relief uh, and VAT relief. We, we got a reduction this year, which was helpful, but we are looking for even further ones. All the newspapers in Ireland are looking to go down to zero percent uh, over a peri- period of time and uh, that's something that governments can do governments could also put uh, regulators in place for Facebook and Google and then they could oblige them to have a certain amount of high high quality news on that they could also regulate the online advertising industry investigate that see where those revenues are going they could regulate the the way uh, Facebook and Google um Run, run their news and the relationship between them and the people providing their content content for them. Because at the moment, if, you, if we go to Google and Facebook and we say, "Look, you're using all our content, we deserve some some revenue from this," they just laugh at us. But if there was a regulator in, in terms of, of looking at that, now these are massive big companies, um, uh, and they billion, have a, billion a lot of advantages. Companies. But they also have, you know, they, they talk about social responsibility. So this is maybe an area maybe they'd look at. They've been very slow, and even simple things here like Ireland, like for example, the defamation law puts massive pressure on on newspapers and other people, you know, and and radio stations but other things such as Facebook and Google aren't subject to the same level of, of, of defamation law so even just simple things like we can't make an argument of um, honest mistake so you know a lot of legal cases are, are being taken against uh, newspapers and they get, they get settled before they ever get to court bec- because they immediately start to, to, to rack up costs and those costs if, in terms of a legal case can be the difference between us hiring another journalist uh, or us hiring another two journalists in any, in any, in any given year um, and the government have talked about reforming defamation, but that's just been on their long finger. So there's a lot of things that could be done. Like we're not looking for handouts in terms of, of, of being no, able I, to, I, I, we, I, we want I, a level playing field. I see that uh, someone says, Kira, I'm surprised the BBC reducing news considering that they don't sell advertising. So they're far less reliant on viewing figures to lure advertisers to them. Absolutely. And so, someone making the point that I did earlier, someone says, Kira, when you dumb down the nation, they are easier to manipulate. It follows the trend where studying history becomes optional and the youth know nothing about world wars or the Holocaust. Maybe if Kim Kardashian read the news that would work I I would have concerns around that but I I think also it just ultimately does come down to this if you are receiving a licence fee from the tax paying public it is because you have a responsibility to those people they're almost like your shareholders that you would produce for them objective well balanced well informed 
information. There's always a little bit of editorialising and all that. We know that. But in the main, you would produce it. You have a responsibility to do that. And when you are moving in a way that is just, you know, the BBC might as well, literally with things like, as we said, uh, eating with my ex, they might as well be Channel 4 or somebody. What's the bloody point of the BBC? And there should be a point of the BBC because I actually believe in public service broadcasting. The the same argument applies here to RTE. If you look at RTE's website on any given day, you'll see a lot of light entertainment uh, and a lot of kind of uh, clickbaity stories. Now, RTE does, does use advertising. So for them, if they're getting clicks, that's important for them as well. But that's a a wider debate in terms of what do we want from our public service broadcasters. Um, It's difficult because you you couldn't have um, a a government or a regulator being really hands on and saying to Artie, this is how you should run yourselves. They need to be independent. Um, But maybe the the public should look for for a higher higher level of quality content and say kind of, you know, why am I why why am I getting this? Is that part of the problem? that the public are not looking for higher quality. The, the public themselves are demanding the dumbing down and they want the, the soap opera rather than the, the you know, the actual opera. Do you know, you know what I mean? There, there is like, I suppose, it, it, there's a challenge now in terms of media literacy, in terms of understanding where content is coming from, what's required to produce quality content. But that's the that's our job in terms of, of, of being able to, to, to try and convince people uh, to 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 take us you know take our content and to to read our content um ultimately if people don't want to pay for that you know we'll either have to find really creative ways of of revenue generating or you know newspapers in in terms of the current forms could potentially cease to exist right. okay well look thank you for that i i think the bbc needs to be held to a standard I, I do because I think yeah. that's the only value that public service broadcasting has is, is objectivity you know talking directly to the people representing what they you know their needs to being met One of the uh, recommendations that Cairngrass report is that they put up to 150 journalists uh, they pay for 150 journalists in local newsrooms in order to boost their coverage of the wider area because that was one of the things in Brexit where you basically you know where L- L- London uh, was kind of covering Brexit in one way but other stuff was happening in the north of England and places and we didn't really get to, to debate that and discuss that. And, that's, and, that's and clearly that was reflected in the votes too, that London voted Remain and, and Northern England voted Leave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All that stuff about take back our country, take back our borders, we'll get rid of all these people. The people they're talking about getting rid of were in the main ex ex colony. The BBC actually did they weren't Europeans. They did an amazing uh, clip yesterday on the news of um, British people who had bought houses in Spain who had voted to leave and were then kind of saying what do you mean I won't have any more free travel? I mean that that like the, the gap between you know their understanding of the woman who voted for vote. leopard eating party the leopard's <laughs> face eating party was amazed when leopards ate her face. Yeah no I hear you. Thank you very much for coming in and talking to us. That is Richie Oakley their editor of the Times Ireland. Loads of people getting involved. Someone says we don't need we don't listen any longer or read the media because they're opinion pieces. If I say something and someone else says the opposite, I don't want you to quote us both. I want you to do your journalistic job, which is investigation, not your opinion on who is right. And someone says, Kira, the only decent news programme on TV these days is Channel 4 News. Even Newsnight has gone a bit crap. Uh, yeah, Channel 4 News has, has done a, a really good job and I think, in fairness, is a very good newsroom. Um, lots more coming up after this, including... What's going on at Scouting Ireland, which is actually uh, extremely distressing. Um, do stay tuned.